You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. BC has now lost 13 people to the COVID-19 pandemic. Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry sharing today that three more people have died and we have 48 new cases for a total of 472 here in BC. Keith Baldry has more on how those numbers break down around our health regions and the good news today. 33 people are currently hospitalized and 14 of those in hospital are in the intensive care unit. As expected, the COVID-19 virus is presenting itself at increasing speed in places where people are the most vulnerable, long-term care homes. We have six now long-term care facilities that have been affected by COVID-19. The Lynn Valley Care Centre, we now have uh, 36 uh, residents and 19 healthcare workers who are affected there. Hollyburn is the same. Um, the Harrow Park uh, has increased um, by a few. We're now having uh, have 10 residents and 12 healthcare workers who have tested positive. Meanwhile, Health Minister Adrian Dix announced more than 3,600 hospital beds have now been cleared in anticipation of what could be an avalanche of COVID-19 victims needing hospitalization. Our, uh uh, feel empty, they feel quiet, and obviously they feel uh, as if they're anticipating something that's about to come, and so that, needless to say, is a source of anxiety. You're hanging out with these people and you're six feet away from each other. Like, Ask what to do if you see anyone violating physical distancing rules or bans on crowds. Dr. Bonnie Henry offered this response. So I think we need to be tolerant with each other and we need to have some understandings. We may not know the situation, um, but if we are seeing large groups coming together and, and having a, a neighborhood party, for example, and I know that's happened in a couple of places, then you know it may be appropriate to involve uh, the, the police in terms of um, not only things like noise, but also breaking the orders around public gatherings. Well, Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the COVID-19 outbreak in B.C. And Keith, Health Minister Adrian Dix was asked about the length of time mm -hmm. we might be under these restrictions. And his answer is going to be a reality check for a lot of people. Yes, indeed, Chris. In fact, uh, how he was asked the question is unusual because it wasn't at the daily briefing that he, he's having with Dr. Bonnie Henry. It was actually in the legislature itself because, folks, the legislature actually sat today uh, for just a couple hours. And there was a question period as they had to pass a couple of bills. He was asked during that question period by the BC Liberals, how long will the orders be in place from Dr. Bonnie Henry? And his answer might uh, give you a bit of pause. I don't have any expectation of any relief from the extraordinary measures that the provincial health officer has, has imposed on British Columbians and the measures that we have to 100% comply with now to, as people say, bend the curve, but to ensure that our resources are sufficient to manage the situation in British Columbia. I don't see any uh, prospect before the end of April of those orders changing. So before the end of April at the earliest, Chris, also that legislature sat today. It passed two important pieces of legislation, one to give the government spending authority, the other one to amend the, the Employment Standards Act to allow workers who have to self-isolate uh, self for 14 days to protect them from any uh, wage loss as a result of that. If you're not protected in your, your own contract situation, you now have protection. That bill passed, was debated and passed in less than three hours. It's now on the books. All right. Thanks very much, Keith. 
Right. Now, even if you don't end up being infected with COVID-19, almost everyone will feel the financial effects of the virus. And today, the provincial government unveiled a $5 billion aid package to help both individuals and businesses survive this health care crisis. Richard Zussman has more on where the money will go and who will benefit from the unprecedented spending. While there are hundreds in B.C. infected by COVID-19, there are millions affected by the virus. Monday, the B.C. government unveiling its financial aid package. So this is stressful, no question about that. But people need help now. Businesses need help now. The province offering $5 billion in economic relief. Of that, $2.8 billion to support individuals, $2.2 billion for businesses. To break it down further, $1.1 billion goes to support workers, including a $1,000 tax-free benefit. This benefit will be available to British Columbians eligible for employment insurance as a result of COVID-19's impact, eligible for the new federal emergency care benefit, and eligible for the new federal emergency support benefit. The benefit also going to the self-employed, not working due to the crisis. There's also up to additional $564 in the Climate Action Plan tax credit, but the money won't come until after taxes are filed this summer. Premier Horgan guaranteeing people can't be evicted due to COVID-19, but not providing any rent assistance yet. There are still issues to be resolved, and that's why it's so critically important that all orders of government, federal, provincial and municipal, are working as best we can to ensure uh, common language on program delivery. On the business side, the province is providing tax deferrals on the carbon tax, PST and employer's health tax. We need to keep the economy going in some measure, so to get some better understanding from both levels of government about what businesses can keep open and how people can safely continue to work. But there are questions about whether this is enough to help businesses now, facing the reality of having to lay off workers. What we are hearing is that there are immediate needs, not in needs two or three months from now. The province conceding this funding is for right now, acknowledging it may not even be enough to get us through the next two months. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And another victim of the economic fallout, Sunshine Cabs on the North Shore is calling it quits for now due to the outbreak. Representatives with the cab company confirmed they're temporarily shutting operations down with no clear deadline of when they'll reopen for business. They say it's not sustainable and the physical distancing rule of two meters apart is not feasible in a cab. The temporary shutdown goes into effect Saturday at 9 p.m. Vancouver City Council has given itself the power to impose hefty fines on businesses and people who don't practice social distancing. With only Mayor Kennedy Stewart actually in council chambers and the other councillors on the phone, council unanimously passed an amendment to its emergency powers bylaw. That will allow the city to fine businesses that ignore social distancing directives up to $50,000 and individuals up to $1,000. You know, they go to a nightclub and there's thousands of people. Uh, the, the business can immediately be hit with a $50,000 fine. But uh, it, we also have an ability to ticket individuals. And again, that depends on the circumstances. This is uh, for uh, also for uh, buildings, but also premises. So we do have the ability to move out into the broader community and to ticket uh, people. Over the weekend, the city issued 15 non-compliance orders, mostly to businesses that believed patios were not included in the distancing order. 
Stewart says the city won't abuse its new powers, but the change gives it the ability to crack down if needed. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has unveiled billions of dollars worth of new federal funding to keep food on Canadians' tables and to hopefully find a vaccine for COVID-19. And as Aaron MacArthur reports, the Prime Minister also had some tough talk and hinted at some strong action for people who are ignoring warnings from health care officials. Enough is enough. Go home and stay home. The message couldn't be clearer. The Prime Minister warning all Canadians that unless everyone takes this threat seriously, the country facing further imposed restrictions. Nothing that could help is off the table. Across the country, provinces ramping up the response to help flatten the curve. Nova Scotia has declared a state of emergency, the last province to do so. And it's taken drastic measures at the border. Everyone who crosses into Nova Scotia being asked to self-isolate. In Quebec and Ontario, all businesses not deemed essential have been ordered shut. This was a very, very tough decision. But it is the right decision. This is not the time for half measures. The numbers continue to climb. The deaths continue to mount. Nationwide, as of Monday afternoon, more than 2,000 cases have been reported. Quebec combining presumptive and confirmed cases to sit at 628, followed closely by Ontario and B.C. In Montreal, the first walk-up testing facility in the country opened. While critics are suggesting not enough tests are being done nationwide, the public health officer says labs are running flat out. We've now tested over 102,000 people in Canada, which is an average of approximately 10,000 a day. In the last week, hundreds of thousands of Canadians have applied for EI. Monday, the federal government announcing a $5 billion package for farmers and the food industry, as well as partnerships and research dollars looking for vaccines and treatments. Any approved treatments still months away. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Right now, though, in a little less than an hour, British Columbians will open their windows and balcony doors to cheer on health care workers. It's something that's been happening for several evenings now, and those who actually work on the front lines appreciate the gesture. But as John Hua reports, they're asking for more than just applause. Hooray for the nurses and doctors! Every night at 7 o'clock, cheers ripple through the sky. A wave of appreciation aimed at frontline healthcare workers who warn, it's not applause but action that's needed for what might come. This is like a tsunami because what I see on the horizon coming towards us is a massive wave of patient need, it's a massive wave of illness. It's a stark message being shared from an emergency physician for those still playing in the shallows, ignoring calls for social distancing. The concern about Numerous sick people coming in and the need to, to ration care and inability to provide the care that I need to provide, that's scary to me. BC nurses framing the message around the sacrifice healthcare workers are making each day with their own health and safety, while others refuse to stay home during this outbreak. So those community measures we are taking are incredibly important for protecting our nurses, our doctors, our care aides, the people who work in all of our healthcare facilities as well. With the death toll in Italy now exceeding 6,000, medical staff say this crisis a world away could become a reality here at home. They are suffering so horrendously 
And I see the potential that if we don't act now, it's coming here. It is just, we're not going to avoid it. Unlike a tsunami, though, the public has been given strong warnings over the past several weeks. We need time. We can't have huge waves come in. So while the flood of appreciation is welcome, doctors and nurses in B.C. are begging everyone to follow social distancing rules, warning if they don't, the potential destruction of COVID-19 will come crashing down. John Hua, Global News. We have some breaking news for you now. Global News has learned that a North Vancouver dentist has died from a suspected case of COVID-19. Dr. Dennis Vincent attended a major dental conference in Vancouver earlier this month. The Ministry of Health says it can't confirm the death at this time, saying its next update is expected Tuesday afternoon. Now, there are growing concerns tonight about some of the most vulnerable people during this outbreak, residents of Vancouver's downtown east side. As Paul Johnson reports, not only do underlying health issues put them more at risk, many haven't gotten the social distancing message. Is this the Achilles heel of pandemic control in the region? 9.30 p.m. Sunday, and by far the busiest neighborhood in Vancouver is the downtown east side. Little evidence of social distancing, no extra presence of police or health officials. One individual even spotted in an area known for sex work beckoning to cars as they drove by. These pictures, only a fraction of those out on Hastings and the side streets Sunday. Global News brought the issue to Monday's update from Victoria. There are measures that are in place that may not be overtly visible. There's also um, some plans to ensure that if people do start getting sick in that um, community that we're able to, to support them and, and care for them safely. So much more needs to happen and it has to happen with urgency. The Union Gospel Mission's Jeremy Hunka is thankful for the various plans that have been announced though none have amounted to significant boots on the ground right now. And that's really concerning because if the virus is widespread here and there's an outbreak in the downtown east side, it could have catastrophic consequences. It's likely there's no bigger enclave in the province. We're just because of the general conditions. It's going to be a major challenge to get people to comply with things like social distancing. A lot of people here in the downtown east side also have compromised immune systems. And this is an area that's right in the heart of the city. This is the most vulnerable community in Canada. Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart says now that City Hall has approved new measures to enforce social distancing, his next move is a laser focus on Canada's toughest neighborhood. The downtown east side is our top priority, but our, our outlook is about the health of the folks living there. Paul Johnson, Global News. A group representing the continuing care sector in B.C. is appealing for donations of protective equipment to help those at the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Safe Care B.C., which represents 28,000 workers in the province, has launched Operation Project, asking the public to donate unopened items such as gloves, gowns, masks and hand sanitizer. The organization is coordinating with the province to make sure the much-needed supplies get to the health care workers who need them. Yeah, every day, you know, we get emails and phone calls from our member organizations and they are having a real hard time trying to access uh, personal protective equipment. 
And as you can imagine, a lot of the suppliers and manufacturers, the manufacturing has been interrupted because of the COVID-19 situation. And so they're really struggling uh, to, to get access to this, uh, this equipment. And it, it's, it's critically needed. My apologies. It's called Operation Protect. To find out how you can help Operation Protect and what other supplies are being collected, visit the Safe Care BC website. BC's Girl Guides need your help to sell thousands of boxes of cookies stuck due to COVID-19. 800,000 boxes of chocolate and vanilla Girl Guide cookies are being stored right now. The popular treats were baked, packaged and delivered to 18,000 BC Girl Guides in the days and weeks before the coronavirus became a global pandemic. With all in-person selling suspended, the Girl Guides are looking for innovative and safe ways to move them out of storage. Girl Guide cookies and the sale of Girl Guide cookies power everything that we do as an organization for 18,000 girls and women across the province. It's vitally important that in the coming weeks and months, we find ways to sell those cookies in the safest way that we possibly can so that we can keep being there in the lives of girls to equip them with great skills, great confidence, and great leadership abilities for the future. If you are a cookie monster, you're advised to reach out to a Girl Guide you know or get in touch through their website. This seems like a problem that should be solved pretty quickly. An historic day on Wall Street and not in a good way. For the first time in 228 years, the New York Stock Exchange opened without a trading floor. There was an opening bell. But all business was carried out electronically. That comes after an employee tested positive for COVID-19 last week. The U.S. Surgeon General issued a dire warning today about coronavirus. This week, it's going to get bad. With 40,000-plus COVID-19 cases south of the border, more than one in three Americans now under stay-at-home warnings. As the coronavirus crisis deepens and the U.S. government pleads for Americans to go home and stay home, scenes like these are unfolding in cities across the country. From canceled festivals to farmers markets and at beaches and basketball courts, many are ignoring the message to keep their social distance of at least six feet from one another. I want America to understand, this week, it's going to get bad. The Surgeon General, the nation's top doctor, says this is exactly how the virus spreads. There are not enough people out there who are taking this seriously, and you just see it looking in California, people on the beaches. You see it in Washington, D.C., the people out looking at the cherry blossoms. We need to take this seriously. With a growing list of governors in well over a dozen states now ordering residents to avoid leaving their house, more than 140 million Americans are joining the more than 1.5 billion people globally told to stay inside. The World Health Organization warning the pandemic is accelerating, with more than 300,000 cases recorded worldwide. The sick now in nearly every country. I couldn't walk. I couldn't speak more than maybe one to two words. Fiona Lowenstein, a 26-year-old New Yorker, is among the growing list of young Americans testing positive for the coronavirus. Everyone was asking, okay, but do you, are you autoimmune can get compromised? No, I am kind of the, the picture of health in many ways. And, you know, I'm still, I still got 
really hit by this very hard. As communities big and small scramble to scrub and keep public spaces clean, even iconic landmarks like Yosemite are closed indefinitely. The National Guard is providing support in all 50 states. Officials are now worried cities like New Orleans and states like Florida and Texas will be next to be hard hit by the virus. We don't have enough personal protection equipment. We don't have enough testing and collection equipment. We have the money for it, but the supplies are not available for us to be able to purchase. Tonight, a call for the world and the nation to come together, everyone doing their part by staying apart. Former Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein has tested positive for COVID-19. The 68-year-old is now in isolation at a prison east of Buffalo, New York. It isn't clear if he contracted the virus while at... Rikers or during one of two stays in hospital where he was treated for high blood pressure and chest pains. Weinstein is serving a 23-year sentence for sexual assault and rape. In other news, a California power company blamed for sparking a deadly wildfire will plead guilty to multiple counts of involuntary manslaughter. 84 people died in the 2018 campfire in Northern California's Butte County. And the town of Paradise was nearly wiped off the map. Investigators linked the 60,000-hectare wildfire to Pacific Gas and Electric Company transmission lines. The power company is set to plead guilty to 84 charges of involuntary manslaughter next month. And now back to COVID-19. Italy is reporting more than 600 more COVID-19 deaths. The virus now claiming more than 6,000 lives there. But the pace of deaths could be starting to slow. The coronavirus crisis, however, may only be beginning in Europe. Redmond Shannon reports. Do not mess with Italian mayors. They are furious with citizens who continue to flout the national lockdown. 6,000 Italians have now died. The daily rate of deaths has dropped for the second day in a row, but crematoriums still can't keep up with the scale of the disaster. Cuba has sent these doctors to help. Our government sent us here for bring our solidarity here. In some Italian hospitals, a quarter of staff have been infected and some doctors have died. Spain has seen hundreds of new deaths in the past day too. Much of the impact focused in the Madrid region. Nursing homes like this one have been overwhelmed. The UK is expected to see a similar crisis in the coming weeks. Only essential service workers are supposed to be commuting, but London is far from on lockdown. And over the weekend, the country was divided between those who were listening to advice to stay home and those who were either confused or just didn't care. British fast food outlets have taken their own initiative by closing completely. It will place more strain on British supermarkets. They're now allowing health workers special early morning access along with seniors. New Zealand is set to go on full lockdown after Tuesday. These decisions will place the most significant restrictions on New Zealanders' movements in modern history. Hong Kong is now blocking all tourist arrivals and the government is even considering banning alcohol in bars to tackle the resurgent outbreak there. Redmond Shannon, Global News, London.
Well, no one is more at risk during this outbreak than the healthcare professionals who deal with sick people on the streets and in their homes. Linda Aylesworth tells us how COVID-19 has changed the way first responders do their jobs and what they have to do to ensure they can stay on the job. Suiting up in protective gear is nothing new to a firefighter, but this is. We arrive at a scene, we've got our, our gown here, we've got our N95 mask, our gloves, our goggles and our face shield. Port Moody Fire and Rescue is just one of many first responders taking no chances with possible COVID-19 medical calls. I cannot recall in my experience anything quite like this. But then these are extraordinary times. So when a call comes in that someone with flu-like symptoms is in distress, this is the procedure. Once on scene, uh, we're going to go through a, a very um, unique and detailed triage process where one of our staff members will don a level one medical PPE. PPE stands for personal protective equipment. I have my N95 mask. Put that on. Level one equipment includes the N95 mask as well as safety glasses and gloves. We'll make a two meter assessment of that individual and then determine what level of PPE, if a higher level, is, is indeed required at that point. Level 2 includes an impervious gown and face shield. The public's response? At first, they're a little, uh, I guess, put off by how much protection we're wearing, but we just tried to explain to them that it's the best uh, for both myself and for them. It is daunting when we have a level 2 medical PPE on. In these circumstances, we have to err on the side of caution. In an effort to ease public anxiety, they're in the midst of producing a video about their new procedure. It's just one of the many things it helps to know if we're to succeed in containing COVID-19. So the challenge before us is in education. We have to do a better job of getting this message to those that may not want to listen to it yet. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. A UBC health expert is setting the record straight about the use of anti-inflammatory drugs like Advil during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past week, rumors claiming that ibuprofen can kickstart the virus into pneumonia or make it 10 times worse have been quick to spread on social media. But a UBC epidemiologist and drug safety expert says there is no scientific evidence to support those claims and that Advil should still be considered as the best measure to knock down high fevers that can can't be staved off with acetaminophen alone. There were some um, suggestions that uh, just mechanistically the drug may uh, cause more harm in COVID-19 patients and there have also been anecdotal reports uh, of this but there haven't been really any clinical study um, directly comparing uh, the safety of ibuprofen uh, in COVID-19 patients to other drugs. Experts say that Advil can still be used to knock down high fever that can't be uh, fought off with acetaminophen alone. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. NASA's Orion space capsule is one step closer to returning to you or returning U.S. astronauts to the moon in early 2021. It pulled out of Plum Brook Station after undergoing four months of testing. Its journey back to Florida began with a 60-kilometer road trip through Ohio. Hundreds of electrical lines and traffic signals temporarily taken down or moved so the space capsule could pass. The Orion was then flown to Kennedy Space Center. Enlisting some of New York's famous faces to help in the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Hello, this is Robert De Niro. Hi, everybody. It's Danny DeVito. The message from two of the biggest stars to New Yorkers at a time of crisis. That's right after Christie's forecast. Very early this morning, it sounded like a monsoon outside my house. So lots of rain overnight, but some sunny breaks today made it feel pretty nice, too. Christy joins us from North Van. Hey, Christy. Thanks so much, Chris. Sophie, it's certainly cooler today, but yes, well-needed rain, uh, 12 days without rain. So the plants certainly needed it, although I know the parents certainly didn't. But maybe it was easier to keep the people or the kids inside and... Uh, stay social distancing. Now, we have put a call out to ask people to show us what you're doing when you're social distancing or self-isolating. We've had some great photos sent in. Uh, This one from Prince George, where they woke up to, yes, close to 10 centimeters of snow. Wendy Banting sending us this. Uh, They made a snowman this morning, and this heart goes out to all the first responders out there uh, right now. She says thank you for your uh, hard work and your dedication. And then this one, fun one, This is Devin, Dad, Devin, Nicola, Abigail, Lori. uh, The mom, uh, Lori, was actually doing a face mask and the whole family got into it. Good for you guys. And these two cuties were doing some rock art. Yes, painting rocks, which is a great way to do it. In fact, I did that with my kids today. Uh, Now, we are going to see a number of showers still overnight. Despite the fact we saw some bright spots, tomorrow remains a little unsettled, meaning we do have a chance of showers. Uh, Although we're also hoping for some breaks of blue sky as well. But it's not until uh, later in the day tomorrow that we're going to see that ease off for our region. Although Vancouver Island, nice break for you. Cold and clear across the north in through southern BC though, still a chance of showers. A few areas in the southeast will start off with flurries before it changes to showers and you can see the showers for our region whereas Vancouver Island should be mostly dry tomorrow. We are expecting still a chance of showers on Wednesday remaining unsettled. That is the pattern over the next several days but it's not a complete soaker thankfully and I'll leave you with one last shot. The central windows windows weather window Window, social distancing uh, taken to an extreme. This is from Norman Orr. It looks quite Thank pleasant. you so much, Norman, for that beautiful <laughs> shot. It does good, look very nice. Mm-hmm. All right, good I'll throw it back to you guys. From it all. all right, thanks very much, Christy. Well, two of Hollywood's biggest names are teaming up to get New Yorkers to stay home. We got this virus, this pandemic, and, you know, young people can get it, and they can transmit it to old people. The next thing you know, I'm out of there. We all need to stay home. We need to stop the spread of this virus and we can only do it together. Not just to protect ourselves, but to protect others and all the older people you love. Please, I'm watching you. (laughs) Great line. Robert De Niro using the old meet the parents quote to urge people to stay home during the pandemic. Danny DeVito pleading with everybody to stay indoors, especially young people to save the older generation from dying. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo tweeting both video messages recorded by the actors from inside their homes. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau nominated Ryan Reynolds via Instagram to use his platform to help flatten the curve. The Vancouver actor then tweeting, quote, another important message from an important celebrity challenging others to save lives by staying at home. Well, thank you, Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, We need to work together to flatten the curve and fight off COVID-19. I think in times of crisis, I think we all know that it's the the celebrities that we count on most. They're the ones who are going to get us through this. Right after healthcare workers, of course, uh, first responders, 
people who work in essential services, uh, ping pong players, uh, mannequins, they're great. Um, childhood imaginary friends, sure. Like 400 other types of people. Look, stay at home, uh, practice social distancing, wash your hands. We are gonna get through this thing. We're gonna get through this thing together. Um, and I'd like to nominate these three great Canadians to spread the word, Mr. Stephen Page, uh, Constable Terry Reynolds of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and Mr. Seth Rogen of the Point Grey Rogans. <laughs> at least... You never knew. At least they didn't <clears throat> sing Imagine. Oh, yeah, that would have been nasty. Yeah, we don't... We don't need to hear that again. No. More COVID cancellations. Squire joins us now with a look at sports, and the fallout continues, Squire. Yes, it does, and everybody out there, forgive the allergy voice. The uh, Canadian Hockey League, which comprises the WHL, the OHL, and the Quebec Major Junior League, has decided there is no point waiting any longer. They have shut down the season completely. No playoffs and no Memorial Cup, which this year was supposed to be held in Kelowna, from May 22nd to May 31st. The sad thing is, for Kelowna, they will not be the host next year. The Cup will follow its usual rotation and go to the Ontario League in 2021. But the overall decision to not play this year's event, according to Giants GM Barkley Parnetta, became very obvious in recent days. Well, I, I think initially it was probably a really hard decision to come to that conclusion, but I think uh, it's changing every day, and I think when we got to this point, it, there was no other option, really, uh, with the facilities uh, unavailable, and, and the reality really set in that, you know what, this is a bigger thing than maybe one may have first initially thought. Now, the NHL is not prepared to go that far just yet and cancel the season today. In fact, the NHL said again their first priority is to make sure whatever happens next season is going to be a full 82 games. You get the sense they are not interested in shortening 2020-2021 in order to finish off this season late in the summertime as some players have proposed. It's as if a full season next year takes precedence over finishing this season somehow. Now yesterday, Canada's Olympic Committee won a gold medal in common sense by saying our athletes will not be going to the Tokyo Games if they still hold them in 2020. So now we wait to see what the IOC wants to do. Canadian member Dick Pound feels they will be postponed, but the decision is not official. They haven't officially made that yet. The Summer Games are supposed to start July 24th. The Paralympics, August 25th. Despite torch ceremonies going ahead, the dream of holding the Tokyo Olympics this July is flickering out. And Canada saying it won't go to any games held in 2020 has helped push Olympic officials to come to a decision sooner rather than later. I think as athletes, we're also quite proud of the COC for kind of making that bold first step and to be the first country to come out and say that there's more important things than preparing for the games right now. We're supposed to be role models and, and we were having that having to make that decision. You know, a lot of athletes are having to make that decision of do we train, how do we prepare for the games and follow the guidelines that we're supposed to be following. And you know, this decision by the COC basically just allows the athletes now to be role models in our community to to show what social distancing looks like. Everyone knows that this pandemic is bigger than sport and so we as athletes try to be role models and so we've got to listen to what the government officials are saying and practice that social distancing which means that 
we can't train and so we can't really be ready for our games this summer. And that's been the case for Canadian athletes. They can't do this anymore. They can't train. Swimmers can't get in the pool. He's done it! Canada going to Tokyo! Teams can't work together. The days of this are all on hold, which means even if the virus miraculously disappears, athletes wouldn't be in Olympic shape. Yeah, definitely. I think when you host an Olympics, you want the athletes to be at their best. And if you're not training for weeks or months leading up to the Games, that's just not going to happen. Even if things are, are safe to travel, um, there's no way we can guarantee a level playing field, the same opportunity to qualify. Which is why most Canadian athletes think moving the Olympics to next year would be the smartest decision. Uh, it just makes the most sense and, and everything's trending towards it not being safe to travel come, come July anyway, so this decision just makes a lot of sense. I think, yes, as an athlete you're, you're disappointed, but at the end of the day the Olympics will go on at a later date when it's safer and, and uh, when bringing the world together for sport is, is more, more appropriate. It was leaked on the internet a few weeks ago, but today the Los Angeles Rams officially showed the world its new logo and alternative logo. Now, we don't know yet how these logos will impact their uniforms or their helmets, but here are the logos. This is the new primary logo, with the colors basically not changing. The Ram horns are still there, kind of. Uh, the team is doing this because they're getting a new stadium next year, so they want a full makeover. The secondary logo was also revealed today. As we said, they won't reveal the uniforms just yet. They'll wait till after the draft in April. When it was initially leaked online, most of those commenting were haters. They weren't liking it. But I think it's safe to say I have seen worse with other sports teams. Social distancing, self-isolation, they can all be a real challenge, but not so bad if you have four-legged friends around the home. Working from home allows us to keep our social distance while getting closer to our canine co-workers. And it turns out there's some good news for animals amidst this global pandemic. To humans, it's called social distancing. But for pets, this is the antithesis of distance. Yes. More time at home means more time cuddling up with these guys, loyal friends, temporary office assistants who could never be kept six feet away. Come on. In fact, many families are taking advantage of their homebound status by adopting or fostering pets. Some shelters have cleared out, while the ASPCA has seen foster care increase by 70% in New York and L.A. As one meme suggests, people may call this the worst year in the history of our lives, but for dogs... What a time to be alive. You roll over. More treats, more playtime, more moments simply lounging around. Are you guys quarantined? It's hard to know if they know what's going on, but it's safe to say right now humans and pets are bringing each other much needed joy. Joe Fryer, NBC News. <laughs> Even just that. seeing them is... Yeah. It's therapy. Yeah, it's therapy. It really is. Exactly. I can't wait until I can throw my arms around Squire and Gordo, but for now, they're <laughs> safely a distance away. And Christy, we'll give you the last word on weather before we go. Sure. So we now have a chance of showers throughout the day. We were calling for just in the morning, but it has extended throughout the day. But at least there'll be some breaks of blue sky Similar to what we saw today, but a little bit more sunshine for everyone. <laughs>
Blair doesn't like to be touched at the best. <laughs> I know. Time. I was He's just going to say, I, I did. I did run into an old friend the other day at a grocery store, and they gave me an air hug like this. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's the kind of that's hug safe... you can get behind. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> that to our that. audience right now. Thank you very much for watching us. Good night, all.